0: what's going on man welcome back to the channel welcome back to the basement i'm ron and today is exciting man it's officially rookie draft season we're in late january at this point and on my channel i usually do fantasy football videos we're gonna be focusing on dynasty and rookie draft stuff and rookies and nfl mock drafts it's all draft season from now to the combine, but the combine's not fucking here. So, like, pro days and bullshitted laser fucking 40 times. We all know that someone's gonna go out here and run a 3 9 on the fucking 40s. Between now and NFL draft season, we're gonna have rookie content, dynasty content, anything of that sort. Today, we're gonna just do a nice little laid back, way too early 2021 Superflex rookie draft mock draft with landing spots that's what we're working with for today now these aren't my official rankings this is just kind of uh something fun to do where we see where the the players land where they get drafted to because we're going to take somebody else's mock draft take those landing spots and draft capital and then do a mock draft with those with that pool of players into a top 12. Now I'm going to be doing videos on my rankings like top fives guys I really like but if you want the the real stuff on my Discord, very soon, I'm going to be having my Dynasty rankings, my Rookie rankings by position, Superflex, all that. It's all going to be in the Discord. So make sure you go down below, join the Discord. We got some guys in there. There's going to be March Madness brackets when that comes around. All my rankings will be on the Discord. Subscriber leagues will be on the Discord. So if you want to get involved in this community and if you want to use my rankings for your teams, make sure you go down below and join the Discord. Now, before I ramble on anymore, <laughs> let's go. go. For today's video, we're going to be using Benjamin Salik's mock draft. This is on the Draft Network. It's a pretty sweet website. Just go check it out if you guys want to. They have plenty of mock drafts. They have all that kind of content. But for today, we're just going to be using it for these players and their landing spots. So we'll just go over the the, the first few picks, and then I'll give you the gist of it in a second. We got Trevor Lawrence at one, Fields at two. Wilson at three with the, the 49ers training up and so on. After you look through this whole mock draft, I just put it in a Google Drive real quick so we don't have to go through the whole fucking thing. And I'll go over the position groups real quick. We got Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars, first overall. Second overall was Justin Fields to the Jets. Third overall is Zach Wilson to the Niners. Trey Lance at eighth overall to the Bears. The Bears trade up to get him. The Niners trade up to get Wilson. Mac Jones at the 241, but that's not really important for the top 12 of a Superflex rookie draft. Then we have Najee Harrison, second round, 34th overall to the Jets. Etienne, 36 overall to the Falcons. Javante Williams, 44th overall to the Dolphins. Kind of sucks that none of them went in the first round, but to be honest with you, I don't really expect any of these running backs to go in the first round unless if, I don't know, there's not even a combine this year, so I'm really not sure how they're going to be able to get that hype up there. I think if anyone can do it, it'd be Najee Harris. Then we have the wide receivers. We have Jamar Chase going 6th overall to the Eagles. Waddle going 7th overall to the Lions, which seems pretty high for him, to be honest, but I expect Kenny Galladay to be gone, and if Stafford's still there, they're going to be pressed for wide receivers, so why not they go Jalen Waddle? I think more realistically, they probably go Devonta Smith here, but I just wanted to use a non-bias mock draft from another network, so this is what we're going with. Then we have Devonta Smith at twelve to the Dolphins, Terrace Marshall Jr. to the Colts, Rashad Bateman at 23rd to the Jets, Kadarius Toney to the Jaguars at 25th, Rondell Moore to the Patriots, which is pretty interesting. Amon Ross St. Brown to Washington is pretty interesting. Nico Collins to the Packers. Give him someone beside Devontae Adams because pr- most likely there's not really anybody there to compete. I mean, Marcus Valdez-Scanling, I guess. And then you have Elijah Moore to the Chiefs, which would be dope. I'm telling you guys, Elijah Moore, he, I'm not going to spoil it. He might be in this top 12. This is going to be a guy that will probably have his own video in the near future. This is a guy that I'm super, super high on for this rookie season and guys like elijah moore are going to be the most fun videos that i have i'm going to do uh individual player breakdowns i'm going to be doing the rookie rankings like top five uh, rookie wide receivers top five guys i really like my guys let me know if you guys have any other ideas for what you guys want to see in terms of rookie rankings besides just the ones i'm going to put on discord let me know in the comments down below and then we have three tight ends going the first two rounds which is pretty sick we have kyle pitts at 15th overall to the patriots pat fryermuth to the panthers at uh the 40th overall pick which kind of sucks for any of you guys out there that have Ian Thomas, but he hasn't really panned out yet. If Fryermuth goes to the, the Panthers, that'd be pretty sweet. And then we have Brevin Jordan to the Jaguars at 246, which bumps up Trevor Lawrence a little bit, even though he's already as inflated as it's going to get. Which now brings us to the tier list. I gathered the top 15 that I think are relevant in this top 12. We have Rashad Bateman. From left to right, we have Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith, Travis Etienne's looking a little bit goofy in his pick, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, Javonta Williams, Najee Harris Kyle Pitts Rondell Moore Trevor Lawrence Terrace Marshall Kadarius Tony Trey Lance Jalen Waddell and Zach Wilson as the bottom 15 we're gonna go S tier is gonna be my tier 1 prospects first overall second overall however long that goes and then so on and so forth and with your boy on the clock Roger Goodell calling me in first overall we're going trevor lawrence and this this is remember this is super flex ppr draft trevor lawrence he's just easily the top the pick he's it's no brainer he's the golden boy he's been the 101 since he came out the womb ever since the doctors looked him in the face and he started breathing and they cut the umbilical cord all they whispered to each other was 101 they almost they probably almost wanted to name him 101 he is the golden boy the prince who was promised the next andrew luck whether all these things are true there's so much hype around him he's gonna go first overall he is the guy that has to go here he's also in an interesting scheme, as a guy that has underrated up a uh, Russian Cup side, he's 6'6", has that, I wouldn't say Cam Newton, Tim Tebow type build because he isn't that mobile or mobile. I don't know why I said mobile, but he has decent legs. You know, he's uh he he's probably going to run somewhere in the, I, I honestly think that he probably has similar legs to a Justin Herbert, which is perfect for fantasy football. Couple that with Urban Meyer, he's going to run like a run first base spread, which has a lot of read option in it. And then you also have DJ Chark, LaVisca Chanel, Brevin Jordan, new tight end, James Robinson in the backfield. This is going to be a really nice offense with a growing offensive line. So he's coming into a perfect scenario. I'm kind of excited to see what Urban Meyer is going to do, even though I don't have super high hopes. But I'm excited to see what that all looks like. Trevor Lawrence, the real deal. He is one of the greatest quarterback prospects of all time. (laughs) so you can't take that away from him in a super flex draft you have to go with him number one here's where it gets really tough between positions now in super flex you want that qb but there's a lot of positional scarcity going on at qb but these running backs are juicy between Najee harris and travis Etienne, and i would be super tempted to go with either of them but i think if you're in super flex and i think if neither of these running backs go in the first round that i'm going to pull the, the trigger on justin Fields. justin field's is a mobile quarterback. He's going to get you that rushing upside. I think that he has Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson in his range of outcomes on on the higher end of things. You know, he's going to be a, a very mobile guy. He's going to scramble a lot. He's going to make plays. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He had a great season last year where he had, I think, 40 touchdowns passing, like 10 touchdowns rushing under five interceptions. And he just looks like a stud. And on top of that, the Jets, don't call me biased. I'm a Jets fan. But in this mock, they're turning the corner. We got Robert Sala. We got Lafleur calling the plays. Then you had Rashad Bateman on the outside with Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder in the slot. I think that they're probably going to go after a Juju with God when Allen Robinson Galladay. He's going to have plenty of weapons on the outside. He's going to have Herndon on the inside. Then you had Bateman. Then you get Najee Harris in the backfield with Lafleur's offense. I think Justin Fields is in a perfect spot right now. The the Jets are. On the up and up, let me just say they're they're trending upwards. The Jets right now, so you want to get you want to hitch your wagon to Justin Fields. He's going to have plenty of rushing upside, like I said. And I think that on his upside, he's going to be a Deshaun Watson type guy. And I think at the the low end of things, I think he's probably somewhere between Miami Dolphins Ryan Tannehill and Tennessee Titans Ryan Tannehill. Now after that is where things get juicy. This is where I, the quarterbacks are fun to talk about, but the the running backs and wide receivers is where it gets juicy. And my my tier one is. In no order, no order. This is all landing spot, draft capital base. It's going to be Etienne, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase. That is my big three in terms of position, guys, after these two quarterbacks. It's all gonna come down to landing spot. And for me, Etienne being on the Falcons and Najee Harris going to the Jets makes us really close. But I lean Etienne on the Falcons. I think it's a little bit more juicy of a spot. And I'm personally on the bandwagon of Etienne over Najee Harris until Najee Harris shows me that he is a freak athlete. Or something of that because if he goes out there and he runs a four six or worse then i'm not as interested as i was before but Najee harris we'll talk about him in a second when we pick him but travis Etienne, let's give him a little spotlight all right he has one of the the, the prettiest most shiny resumes out there he's the all-time acc touchdown leader and he's a rushing leaders he's the all-time rushing leader in the acc and the two-time acc player of the year he's a legit legit prospect. Not only a prospect, but one of the greatest college running backs of all time. He has that championship with Trevor Lawrence. He went there for four years. He set all the records. Despite playing for four years, he still had a career 7.2 yards per carry and has tallied 85 receptions in the last season. So he's a guy that is explosive. He's a threat to take at the house on any carry, and he's a great running back out of the backfield. Now, I say all that to say that sounds like the perfect running back. I think he's going to run in the 4-4s. Four he's about five ten, and what really matters for me with the etn profile is he needs to weigh enough where Najee harris needs to run fast enough etn needs to weigh enough i'm a little bit scared that he might weigh in at 195 sub 200 but if he can come in at that 205 210 range at 510 and look like an all-purpose skill set back to me he looks a lot like a deandre swift and i i think that he has a lot of miles sanders deandre swift jamal charles in him i think he checks all the boxes in atlanta is a pretty situation the only running back they have on contract right now is going to be ito smith their head coach is gone. They bring in Arthur Smith, which I don't love that head coach, but he's a run first guy. Their offensive line's growing. They spent two first rounders in 2019 on the offensive line. This is just a, an offense that's ascending. Whether you have Matt Ryan or they bring in another guy and you have receivers on the outside like Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley that don't allow the defense to just stack the box. This is going to be a team that's also, they just, they're just they picking at four, uh, fourth overall in this draft. So they might be behind in the game script. That might allow Etienne to catch more passes. I think that if he comes into this backfield and all they have to compete with him is Edo Smith, He's a smash spot at the 103 in Superflex Leagues. And then that brings us to Najee Harris. It would be hard for me not make him the RB1 because I'm a Jets fan, but I promise you guys, I will never be biased towards the Jets in any of my takes. <laughs> but here we're gonna go Najee Harris at the 104. Najee Harris is a, is a special pro- a prospect. I really wasn't that high on him last year. But I love this fit that he goes to the Jets. And like I said, he's in my tier one of, of running backs. He looks explosive. He looks a part of a three down back. He's like 6'3", 230. He looks like a modern version of Derrick Henry. Like if Derrick Henry shrunk a little bit and he had hands, he would be Najee Harris. He looks like a stud. He doesn't have that super breakaway speed or explosiveness that ETN has. He kind of looks like a Matt Forte. He looks like a guy that has a three down work uh, skill set. He looks like a workhorse. I, I just love his profile. And on the Jets, I think that he's he'd get a lot of bad rep for going onto this Jets spot. But I think the Jets are one of the more desirable locations. If they really revamp the offense like they did in this mock draft, if they get a Justin Fields or they get a Rashad Bateman on the outside, now they have Salah, they have LaFleur. LaFleur is going to dial up those Shanahan type uh, type running uh, running plays, running schemes and all that type of shit. That's a little bit weird in this scenario. I honestly envision the, the Jets wanting to go like a running back committee, kind of like the, what the Niners do, what the Rams do, what the Packers do. And best case scenario, he gets a workload like Akers, he gets a workload like Aaron Jones does where he's at the 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 top of that committee, and he's just the lead back that can catch passes and can do it all. But it's going to get a little bit annoying. You guys might see a couple of carries to LaMichael P. Ryan Yo, here. And there. You might see a couple of carries to... I'm not sure who else they would grab. Maybe maybe they might even bring in a Jamal Williams that's in fantasy this year. But Najee Harris, 104, super solid pick. He has size. We just got to see the speed. If he runs something better than a 4.6, he might be my RB1, and it's going to be tough to get me off of it, to be honest. Now, the last player we got in the S tier is honestly only because he's a wide receiver. I, I have a thing where... To me, I think you always have to take... You have to prioritize running back over wide receiver in these drafts. Even Jamar Chase, who looks like a stud, it's almost always better to get a running back. You get instant returns. I know last year, it's tough to look at last year and say that because you had Justin Jefferson break out, CD broke out, and all those guys returned value instantly. But it doesn't always look like that. Sometimes it looks like Nikhil Harry. Sometimes it looks like Mike Williams. Sometimes it looks like Corey Davis. Sometimes it looks like John Ross. They're a lot more volatile. And the running backs they get carries early. You can almost, you can sell on that value. They return value faster. So I just like wide receivers first. If there's ever a wide receiver that would get me off of these running backs, especially when there are two running backs in the second round. And if Jamar Chase goes seventh overall, I'd have to really think about it because Jamar Chase is going to be the 105 in this draft. And he's one of my favorite wide receiver prospects of all time. He broke out at age 19. He's a generational receiver prospect up there for guys like Julio Jones, AJ Green for me, pretty much one of the greatest rookie wide receivers of all time, Justin Jefferson. And he, I wouldn't say he played second fiddle, to Jamar Chase but he wasn't the guy Jamar Chase had more receiving yards more touchdowns Justin Jefferson had more receptions out of the slot so it was like a 1A 1B but the fact that Jamar Chase was one year younger and he commanded as much if not more volume than Justin Jefferson That says a lot to me. He's also a big play receiver. He's a guy that averaged more than 20 yards a catch that season. He just has an insane resume. You put up nine catches for 221 yards and two touchdowns in the Natty versus A.J. Terrell, who's on Clemson. Then you have seven catches for 127 and two against C.J. Henderson. Then you have six for 140 and one against Trevon Diggs and Patrick Sartain on Alabama. These are all first round talents besides Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs is going to go second round, but those are those are three first round corners and one second round corner I just named to you and he smoked all of them. You could say that he's a product of that Joe Burrow offense, but you could have said the same thing about Justin Jefferson last year. That offense was legit. That offense was prolific and Jamar Chase was at the head of it. So that's enough for me to think that he is one of the greatest wide receiver prospects of all time. And the thing is here is that if he's going to get six overall draft capital he's going to go to the Eagles six overall it's so tough to pass up on that because that means that they're investing all their assets into it and I, I kind of like the direction the teams heading in they just got the OC from the Colts Jalen Hurts looks nice I like Jalen Rager to sort of be his one B you know Christian Kirk to D hop kind of thing and then you have tight end you have Dallas Goddard Miles Sanders that that offense is really it, it's building somewhere and don't forget there was a lot of injuries last year but the Eagles offense went healthy the Eagles offensive line went healthy is one of the best in the league now moving on for that we're going to go into the a tier one of the guys that i've already made an individual players for or player video for that i love is zach wilson man zach wilson it's tough for me because here i think that given who's on the board it's got to be zach wilson or it's got to be trey lance in a super flex league in a vacuum trey lance for me is better than zach wilson in fantasy because trey lance he has all kinds of rushing upside that we'll get into when we pick him but zach wilson doesn't have that same exact rushing upside But going third overall to the Niners is a dream scenario for Zach Wilson. The 49ers have pretty much everything. They have everything besides the quarterback. They have a a fine O-line. They have a a run-first team, which sort of takes the pressure off of him. Then he has weapons. He has Kittle. He has Ayuk. He has Debo Samuel. If all those guys can stay healthy he probably comes into one of the best situations in the whole entire league in terms of being a quarterback. Then you have a defense. They can rely on the defense. It's a great defense. This is a team that promotes winning. I think Shanahan can really scheme him into this offense. I really would love the fit. And if he goes third overall and Trey Lance goes eighth overall, I'm personally more inclined to take Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's got a little bit underrated rushing upside. He averaged seven rushes a game during his 30-game career at BYU. And that would have been between, that would have been fourth in the league this year in terms of rushes per game between Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. I don't expect them to maintain that seven rush. But even around five rushes per game is where Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson sit. So if he can can average four to five rushes a game, we're looking at a guy that can be one of those mobile quarterbacks I talked about in my last video where you want those Konami code guys, the guys that are going to run the ball, get the, the rushes, get the yards, the touchdowns, because as a quarterback you're obviously earning more points in those situations. After Zach Wilson, we're going to go Trey Lance because he is the Konami Code quarterback. He ran for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns as a sophomore. To put into perspective, Kyler Murray ran for 1,012 when he was a junior. So I know that we're playing for North Dakota State. We're playing against guys that probably won't make it to the NFL. You know, maybe you'll get a, a seventh rounder on a team here and there in that conference. But he still ran for more yards, more touchdowns than Kyler Murray, who is a legit playmaker up there with Lamar Jackson. He goes Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. And then I think once Trey Lance gets in there, aside from like the gadget guys like a Taysom Hill or Robert Griffin III or Marcus Mariota, I think Trey Lance is that next guy that has somewhere between Kyler Murray, Cam Newton type upside as a runner. This is a guy that I think is going to slip in a lot of drafts. And he's somebody I want to be way higher than consensus on. And I think that he would be a six overall guy as long as he doesn't get this situation with the Bears. Now, let's look at Trey Lance as a prospect real quick. Like I said, the rushing upside is there. He threw for 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's super safe with the, the ball. And it really just comes down to draft capital. If he's a top five pick and he goes to a decent team, then I, I, I'm with it. I, I'm on the Trey Lance chain. But if the Bears shoot up to eight and they grab Zach Wilson, I assume that Allen Robinson walks in this scenario. I assume they gave up a lot of assets to build around him with. He comes into an offense with Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller on, on the other side maybe Jimmy Graham. I doubt that he stays a, a decent O-line at best and David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen in the backfield. That's a tough situation to come into. Not to mention that not a big fan of the GM, Ryan Pace, and not a big fan of the coach, Matt Nagy. It's a tough, tough scheme fit for me. So, or not scheme fit, but just team fit. But if Trey Lance, if he was to go, if he was to even leapfrog and he goes second overall to my Jets, I think Trey Lance, you can make the case for a second overall. He's a guy that is a legit quarterback prospect. I really think that you have Trevor Lawrence up in his own tier. Then I think the second tier is probably Fields, Lance, Wilson for me in terms of fantasy upside. Maybe even Lance over over Fields. It's it's that close. I, everybody's gonna sleep on Trey Lance because he hasn't played in a year. He was went to North Dakota State, but he is a really good player and he's a guy that's going to be fantasy relevant for a long time because of his rushing upside. Then when we got that that next guy, I think that this guy, if he runs well at the combine, could be in the the conversation for that that S tier up there with Najee Harris and Etienne. And I think some guys have him in that top three but I'm not there yet. I have to see him run first, but I'm going to go Javante Williams. And as Ray GQ says, that boy got a thick, thick ass, ass neck, bro. Take a peep. Just everybody, just before I even go on, just take a peep at the boy's neck. He's got a thicker neck than his fucking jawline. According to Ray GQ, that's all you got to look at when it comes to football players. I- I'm all in. I'm all in. He's got the thick neck. He looks great. I just got to see him run first. Now, like I said, he's super interesting. He's on my radar this season. I like him as that in that Najee ETN tier. If he can run t- Run fast. All I need to see is a 40 time because to me, he's he. I, I've watched some of his highlights, i watched some of his tape a little bit here and there, waiting for or no, he's not even gonna run at the combine. I just gonna see him run at a pro day. It's so tough without a combine for these running back prospects. I hope that they figure something out for the 40 times, but I need him to run something in the four fives because to me, that's a breaker be- between I think that he looks like David Montgomery or he could look like Nick Chubb. If he runs in the four fives or if he runs in the low four fives. He's to me, he's a Nick Chubb level type guy. He did he did it all at UNC last year. He looked great, even in the same backfield with Michael Carter. Steve also falls a little bit here because I haven't seen him run yet. And on top of that, he goes to the Dolphins, which I think is one of the not one of the worst landing spots, but it's not ideal. They have Miles Gaskin, even Salvin Ahmed looked pretty good last year. I'm not saying that those guys are world beaters, but those that's a little bit of competition that you're gonna come into on day one. I don't want to give that too much hype, but it's just at, at a certain point we're picking hairs here or splitting hairs. Then We're going to go Slim Reaper. It is hot as as hell in this funky-ass, hot-ass room I'm in. Is that the Grim Reaper? Slim Reaper, Heisman winner. Devonta Smith is super polarizing on Twitter right now. If your favorite guy on Twitter is saying that Devonta Smith isn't a top-five wide receiver in rookie drafts, just unfollow him. I'm telling you, there's a lot of guys out there that are making these cases that Devonta Smith isn't a top-five, top-three wide receiver because they just want the clicks they just want the clout. If you don't have him in your top-three to five wide receivers you're just overthinking it, you're overselling it, it's it, it's just, you have to understand that Devonta Smith put on one of the craziest seasons of all time against an all-SEC schedule, against an all-big power five schedule, no cupcake games, and he won a fucking Heisman. There hasn't been a Heisman since the 90s. I, I honestly thought that I'd never see a wide receiver win the Heisman in my lifetime, and it's sick that he did, and I know that we can't give him too much credit for that, but I also think the two things that are concerns about him are his weight and... His, his lack of early production at Alabama. Now, his lack of early production at Alabama, I can give that a pass, man. He was in the same offense as Jerry Judy. Fucking rugs. You got Jalen Waddle, Calvin Ridley. That offense, those wide receivers that have been churned out the past four years have been absolutely insane. It's insane that Devonta Smith, he was the one that caught the pass from Tua in the, in the national championship game. So he has been that boy since the jump. It's just been, it's tough to get an opportunity when you're on the same team as a Calvin Ridley and all those guys. He, he's just tough. Now, he's also skinny i've heard i've heard rumors that he's 170 175 at like six foot six one which is tough to put it into perspective marquise brown is 175 and he's a really small receiver and he's like five nine so that's not the best thing to hear but i think that if he can fall into that 180 185 maybe even 190 which i know i'm stretching it with a 190 if he can fall into that range i think that he'll be fine you also have to remember the game is getting faster he proved that he could do it against sec corners which this year is pretty stacked which is patrick sertain uh, or he's going against Patrick Sertain in practice every every week, but he did it against... Who else do they got? Derek Stingley. He bitches Derek Stingley whenever he plays Derek Stingley. He's got a lot of good tape on these SEC corners. And I think that at a certain point, he has to understand that he can win. He did it at Alabama and... He didn't produce at an early age, but the production that he did give was insane. to, to get a fifty percent or more, yeah, I think he had like fifty one percent college dominator this year. To To account for more than fifty percent of the offense at an Alabama with Najee Harris with Jalen Waddle. I know Jalen Waddle wasn't there for a while, but even then, they have a like the John Mechie's of the world. They have all the all that talent on offense, and he assumed so much of the volume, so much of the production. If you saw him in the, in the national championship game, he was unguardable. He's is the real deal and I know that his size is a problem but at the 109 I'm not letting him slip farther than this the the late first is the the farthest I'm, I'm willing to let him slip because if he gets drafted in the top 15 if a team invests in him and on top of that the Dolphins are going to have either Fitz which is I would love Fitz for Devonta Smith for a year or two then you have Deshaun Watson which would be great or you have Tua who played with him in college so I think that's another great connection there so either anyway the quarterback situation fizzles out I think that he's in a great spot and as we go to this next pick we're gonna drop it down one tier. Now, some of you guys might not like that. I know some, I know there's some of you guys out there that might have Jalen Waddle as your wide receiver one. In my opinion, I kinda of like this guy down here, Rashad Bateman. I like Rashad Bateman more than Jalen Waddle, but if Jalen Waddle is gonna go seventh overall, I have a hard time putting him pushing him down my board. Because draft capital matters so much with these wide receivers. If a team invests in them in the top ten, they're going to want to to feed them targets, they're gonna want them to look good early. I know rugs didn't look good. But I knew that Ruggs wasn't that great. But Jalen Waddle to me, has a better prospect profile than than Ruggs. I know he's never actually officially broken out on Player Profiler's database because he's never clipped like a 20% college dominator, which if you guys don't know what college dominator rating is, it's pretty much just the market share of the total offense and the total yards and touchdowns. So a guy that gets 1,000 yards on a 4,000-yard team is as impressive as a guy getting 2,000 yards on a 8,000-yard passing team. So it just kind of gives context and all that. He never got more than 20% of the market share at Alabama, which is fine because... His first two years, he got hurt his third year, but his first two years he had he had to compete with guys like, like again, like Judy, Ruggs, Devonta Smith. You had all kinds of guys he had to compete with. He never could be that, that alpha. And he would have been that alpha if Devonta Smith declared last year, but even then Waddle got hurt. His most prolific season was as a freshman, pretty crazy. He had his most receptions, most yards, and most touchdowns, all that as a freshman. And when you go a step further, this year in the four games before he got hurt, he averaged six catches for 140 yards and a touchdown in each of those four games before he got hurt. And that's alongside Devonta Smith. So he was really ready to come out here, be great, be dominant on Alabama. It just happens that that he hurt himself. Now, he has great speed. He's a playmaker. And on top of that, if the Lions grab him at seventh overall, I'm assuming that this is going to be a world where Kenny Galladay is no longer on that team and they want to bring in a wide receiver for Matthew Stafford or whatever they're running with. But There's not going to be a lot of competition. It's going to be him. It's going to be Hawkinson. It's going to be Swift, which is actually a young, exciting offense. So I like Waddle in that scenario. And now we have two picks left. And this one's my guy. This is probably, outside of Elijah Moore, like I was saying earlier, my favorite prospect is going to be Rashad Bateman. And if he went to the Jets, bro, pants would be off pants would be off or soaked. Hey, yo, Rashad Bateman. I, I love him. He's a, he, if the Jets take two big skill position players in the top 50, I would love that as well. I don't expect Joe Douglas to do it, especially bringing a defensive minded head coach, but for the sake of the mock, mock draft, a man can only dream. Now he's one of my favorite prospects in the class. He broke out at 18 competing with Tyler Johnson. He has one of the lowest breakout ages in this class. And on top of that, he was playing alongside Tyler Johnson. I know he only went fifth overall in the draft, but you guys remember Tyler Johnson, he was that boy at Minnesota. He's a guy that he just kind of fell in the draft process. He he declined invites to go to the senior bowl. He didn't run at the combine. He, he had this really nice profile where he broke out early. He was prolific all four seasons. And he just, he just flopped. I mean, one thing that his career has so far is a really nice catch in the last playoff game that he had for the Buccaneers. But I think that Tyler Johnson's a great wide receiver. At the very least, he was a great wide receiver in college and somebody that if I was a GM, I probably would have taken him around where Brian Edwards went in the third round in an NFL draft so he competed with that guy broke out at age 18 and he has an 88th percentile college dominator and he looks to he looks the part of a Justin Jefferson type talent now when I say that Justin Jefferson was alongside Jamar Chase now he's on the other side of that Rashad Bateman's alongside Tyler Johnson so Rashad Bateman he's big he's fast he makes plays he produced early he's just the prototypical alpha wide receiver I think he has a lot of I think he has some Justin Jefferson to his game. I think he has some Allen Robinson to his game. I think that he is a really solid wide receiver. I love him on the outside on the Jets alongside Denzel Mims with somebody in the slot like a Juju or Jamison Crowder. For the last pick at the one twelve, this is weird for me. This is and I could see him getting. I could see him going way farther up. I love Rondell Ron Moore, another guy I'm going to talk about. Kadarius Tony, not another guy I'm going to talk about. I will never talk about Kadarius Tony. I don't fuck with his with his profile. Maybe I'll look into it and I'll see what's up with Kadarius Tony. I'm not rocking with it. If you guys look at his his breakout age, all that. Pretty tough, but when we look at Kyle Pitts, this is the guy. Super weird to have a tight end over somebody as great as Rondell Moore, as as a first round wide receiver, Terrace Marshall. But Kyle Pitts is uh, a tight end that was built in a factory. He looks the part of an insane tight end, and I think that honestly, if you switch him and Devonta Smith and you play Kyle Pitts on the outside in the Alabama offense weird take but I think that Kyle Pitts could have been competing for Heisman he is that good he's insane in the red zone he's insane when you line up on the outside he could honestly convert to wide receiver he is a playmaker he scores fucking touchdowns at Florida he's been doing it for a couple years now and on top of that if he goes to 15 to the Patriots Bill Belichick would be having a field day with him Bill Belichick we know how those tight ends go you had Rob Gronkowski you had Aaron Hernandez and then while they were playing they were going crazy he is the one that gave uh rob romkowski a 17 touchdown season never forget that he knows how to use these tight ends he even likes running two of them and i think that by now we know devon asiasi and dalton keen are not the the future of the franchise i think that we would see Pitts on that offense i know that they got to figure some stuff out with the quarterback with the wide receivers it'd be nice that, that they uh, picked rondell moore in this draft so they have rondell moore on the outside and they kill harry jacoby myers Cam Newton or somebody behind center, and then Kyle Pitts at tight end, I think they'd use him in kind of a Travis Kelsey type role where they're gonna line him in there. They're gonna they even might even run a screen to the inside, maybe cross in across the middle, maybe even split him out in the slot. They I think Bill Belchak would have a lot of fun with Kyle Pitts. Even sometimes they would even line up Rob Ronkowski all the way on the perimeter in the red zone because you get him against a scrawny little cornerback, it's a mismatch every time. So I really love Kyle Pitts on the Patriots. I think that he is a game breaker. And if you had him inside of your top six, if you had him in A tier, S tier. I wouldn't even fault you. The honorable mentions are gonna be Rondell Moore, Terris Marshall Jr., Kadarius Tony. I honestly only put him up there to troll. And his fucking his face picture is hilarious. But if you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. As I said before, make sure you join the Discord. I would love to start some leagues up in there. We can do startup drafts pretty soon. March Madness brackets will be pretty fun. Just to just to talk in there. I also put my stream links in there. I'm gonna put my rookie rankings in there, dynasty rankings, my seasonal rankings will be there in the summer. Like I said, from now until probably June, it's going to be mostly dynasty rookie draft content when I cover football. Now, as always, if you guys are rocking with me, make sure you get on below, subscribe, leave a like, comment. I love you guys. I'll see you in the next one.